Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Just before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to quickly let you know about a fun competition we're running over on Instagram, the Tradeify Van Games. We want you to show us what makes your van, truck, or work vehicle special. Whether your wheels are worth showing off or ready to be replaced, share a picture with us on Instagram and be in it to win cash prizes and tool bundles. Now, there are prizes for the best overall setup, the most unique, and the rig that is in need of the most TLC. To find out more about the prizes and how to enter, please do head over to our Instagram page, at HQ. That's our Instagram page, at HQ. Entries close on the 14th of November, and best of luck. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tools. Um, delighted this week to have a guest, uh, Mike Humphreys from Greenhawk Construction. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You right? Yeah, very good. Very good. And Mike is based good. in, uh, for those that don't know, in the UK, in a place called Nuneaton in Warwickshire, uh, which is not too far from Coventry. I'm saying, I think Coventry is probably the nearest city. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's probably mm, 10 minutes away. So like, we do a lot of work in Cobb, to be fair. Yeah, um, yeah, you've got yeah, so sort of, that sort of region. Yeah. And it's famous. Nuneaton, uh, I think it's one of the largest towns in kind of Warwickshire, if not the largest, and famous for George Eliot, the novelist, for those that yes. um, inclined for a bit of literature. Um, I didn't realise Mary Whitehouse, uh, and that's probably a bit of a generational thing. There's probably a lot of people, listeners, viewers that don't remember Mary Whitehouse. Mary Whitehouse, for people in the UK, would probably hear was a person that used to write letters about. TV programs she thought were offensive uh, and she wrote lots of letters about lots of TV programs and I, I think about TV nowadays she's having a heart attack um, she was a, <laughs> oh, uh, from, from, from Nuneaton as was Ken Loach uh, another famous uh, film director um, so look welcome to the show great great to have you on board um, do you maybe want to start by sort of telling us a bit about the business and wh- where your focus is yeah I mean we I am one of three directors. Um, it's quite unique because we're all three complete equal partners. Uh, and we we basically do everything from the ground up. So we, you know, new builds, extensions, property renovations, dedicated electrical work, um, kitchens, bathrooms, all that sort of stuff. But it's all done in-house. We don't really outsource work. Uh, it's, it's only for the very, very specialist stuff uh that we do and i just love it i absolutely love it it's the it's 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 quite i feel quite fortunate because you've got i literally wake up every morning look forward to going to work um not many people can say that there's jobs don't get me wrong where you don't really enjoy but most of the time yeah so that's that's what we we do really i just absolutely love my job i love the industry i love trying new stuff you know I like doing the next job better than the last one it's all that sort of mentality that we've all got Uh, and promoting you know the next generation coming through as well that's a that's a big deal because as you as you as you know you know our YouTube channel and uh, we started that and you know we, 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 we that's a new channel to be fair but it's something that I'm very passionate about now um and there's a there's a big reason that I started YouTube as well uh, and all the social media stuff but but yeah that's basically what we and we, why, we why did you just to just to jump on that we had a couple of questions where does the name come from Greenhawk do you know what I a guy actually we we're working at a job in Coventry at the minute and uh there's a, a plumber who's working for the guy next door and he was like he's looking at the vans and he went Greenhawk and uh, he says where have I seen that around I says 
yeah, quite a few places and everyone keeps saying that. It's, it's just a name that just sticks in your head. And do you know what? When we created Greenhawk, it's such a hard thing to get three grown blokes to decide on a name. None of our, none of our names are green. None of our names are Hawk. Uh, and it was just something that we wanted, something quite natural uh, and something quite memorable. And we were chucking names. I think we had about 30 or 40 names. Some of them were just not appropriate. <laughs> um, and you're just getting them out there, out of your head. And Greenhawk stuck. And it was just like, yeah, that really works. And the amount of people that say, Green all that, and it just stays, just stays with them. It, yeah, um, yeah. And it's great. And, and but yeah, there's nothing else really that's behind it other than it's just three three guys who've uh, just come up with the name. I wish it was something a bit more meaningful. Who, 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 who came up with the name? Um, it was a mixture. I think if I remember rightly, I think Steve uh came up with the green part of it. Uh, and then I think we were banding around different, we wanted something natural. So we were thinking, yeah. of, you know, some sort of, you know, animal of some sort. Uh, and that was basically, so I think it was a collective on the hawk part. Um, so, yeah, I think the green is more for trying to be sustainable and, and trying to do a bit for the environment and all that sort of stuff. Um, because everything now is that, look, let's face it, everything's energy efficient, isn't it? You know, yeah, all those yeah. sorts of things. So it just sort of works. That was going to be my next question, actually, because I saw that on your website and, and some of what you do and the, and the name itself is you seem to sort of emphasise the sustainability um, stuff. Yeah, what's your point yeah. of view? Is, is there any ethos around that with the company or, or, or are you seeing sort of two questions? Are you seeing more demand from customers for, for that type of stuff in their work? Yeah, do you know what it is? It's everything now has to be so much, you know, the insulation values on houses have to be incredible. So if you were, we're doing, you know, an extension, for for example, like the one we're on in Coventry, the whole back of it is all uh, all glass, all the way up to the gable, it's all, and it's beautiful. It's going to be a fantastic house. Um, but because of your the high glass content, your U values have to be so much higher. So yeah. it's just something that you have to bear in mind all the time. And there's not a lot of people who really factor that in. And it's like now we I've just recently just done my electric vehicle charging course because I've been installing um, provisions for them in our extensions for the last two years. Just even if they're going, look, I'm not I'm not ready for it. Yeah, but it's not going to be this car, but your next car is probably going to be an electric vehicle. So it's just having it all set up, ready to go, because in two years time when they buy it, they're going to ring us. They're going to say, Mike, can you come back? And yeah. I've got my electric vehicle. I'm so glad you've talked me into getting that. And we're starting to look a bit more at things like, um, obviously, like the solar panels. And uh, I've just recently looking into power banks and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, but it's, it's, let's face it, it's, it's the way, way forward, isn't it? Like, like our waste removal, for example, we separate some of the stuff so like our aggregates and and dig out all goes off separately yeah. because it's just more cost efficient and it's just more environmentally or environmentally friendly to going right we're going to get the grab in that's going straight back to landfill and it's there sorted and it's just another byproduct and then all our stuff that can't do that obviously has to go into skips like everybody else right don't get me wrong there's a lot bigger companies and better companies have a lot you know do a lot more for it but you know if everybody does their little bit you know, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, I no, completely. I also think there will be that. Um, the EV example is a really good one right there. There's a load of people that won't have EV vehicles. But, you know, even if you think about 10 years, and if you do stay in your house for the next 10 years and you haven't paid for an expensive extension, 
um, and you've included that, you've got to use it at some point. Uh, it's sort of yeah, inevitable. Because three three vehicle uh, three vehicles three customers in a week uh, actually rang me up and quote wanted me to quote for putting electric vehicle charging points in their house. And I said, oh okay, what car have you just bought or have you already got? And they, oh no, we haven't even bought one. We're, we're looking to sell the house. They're using it as a selling tool. Oh, as a selling point, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, okay, I, I get it, but it must be coming more of you know the you know from the estate agent's point of view. We're going, look, you know, it's it's a really good selling point. Home offices as well was another big one. Now where you know because people are working from home, you know, and they're permanently yeah. going to be working from home. So home offices are a big big part, and and they will be. Uh, we've just completed a, a garden room project, um, which is oh, it's a beautiful building. Uh, and we're just pricing up another two as we speak now. Um, and, you know, and they, they're just getting more and more popular. Yeah, it makes total, it makes total sense to me. And, and, you know, in the UK at the moment, there's the, the petrol crisis. Has that had an impact on you as a business? Where you at? Oh, about cars. Yeah. Anybody who knows me, I love cars. I love cars. I love vans. I mean, I've, I'm on my, well, I've just ordered a new one uh, and I'll be getting, that'll be my 30th vehicle. Um, that you I've must owned. have told me this. It's worth just, re- just underscoring that a sec because you, you don't look like that, that older fella to have owned 30 no, vehicles. I was trying to do the maths I, on it. It's quite a few. I'm 37. So, so yeah, just for those who don't know, legal, legal age of driving in the UK, as far as I remember, um, it's a while ago now, is 17. So, right, um, yeah. and you're not usually buying your first car yourself when you're 17, but uh, that's still, that's sort of 30 vehicles over 20 years. If you, It's pretty good going. Yeah, I, my first vehicle um, was a 1974 Land Rover Series 3, um, which to anybody else was a proper farmer's wagon. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a country lad and it was something that, uh, basically the story behind that is my uh, best mate at the time was racing motocross bikes. Uh, and he used to Im- he used to import his race bike from the states, and then his his previous year was his practice bike. And I lent him five hundred quid, um, and he had this Land Rover up the farm because he was working as a farm hand at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll have your Land Rover. You know, instead, don't worry, paying it back. And we did it up together, and you know, and that was it. You know, it was great. And I, and I wish I, I you know, it's the one vehicle I wish I'd kept. I wish I could buy it back now. I, I yeah, because. It was a, it was rubbish. <laughs> it was rubbish, but it was something that uh, I, I loved it. Um, and I just, but yeah, so I, I get bored very quickly. I've got a really short attention span. So with the vehicles, like the one I've got now, I'm supposed to keep that for four years. And it, like I say, it's my new ones come in in the first week of November, and I've had that less than two years, and that's quite a long time for me. But it's got to go um so yeah i do love my vehicles yeah can you fill them up at the moment what's the, um, yeah what how's that yeah well, basically it's gone people have just gone a little bit mental um i don't know how else to describe it that and a lot of selfish people you know i just think it, i mean funnily enough there's a petrol station probably uh it's just pretty much just as you come out of my estate where i live and you can hear the one i was working here on saturday with my business partner sean and we you could hear them beeping and all the rest of it i I said look i'll just nip down to our local merchants um i'll take your van he says oh yeah do us a favor put some put some diesel in it i've literally got 14 miles left i goes yeah yeah no worries i couldn't even get out of my estate because people had just blocked the road all the way up i had to go around the long way to get out 
drive on the wrong side of the road to get to the merchant. I couldn't get any fuel. I then had to, I said to Sean, there's no way you're going to get fuel in that. You're just going to break down. It's a brand, brand new van. And I, I so I had to jump in mine, take a, a big jerry can. Oh, it's a can, yeah. Drive and drive literally 30 minutes drive just to get some fuel. And this was a desperation because he had no fuel. I had fuel. He's got nothing left in his, nothing left in the van. He's got yeah. nothing yeah. left. It was crazy. And some of the things that I've seen of people, and you just think it's so different from the first wave of lockdown when everyone was kind and courteous. Yeah. Yeah, well, people you know. do when there's a perceived short. I mean, there is a shortage. It's not perceived, but it's, uh, yeah, people do. I think it's crazy. the drivers, isn't it? I think it's yeah. the drivers that is the shortage, not actually the fuel itself. Not the fuel the itself. Delivery system, the logistics, delivery. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. hopefully it will be resolved. Um, you know, going back to your, your earlier point about why you set the YouTube channel up, we've talked about a lot on this show. It's trying to sort of attract more young people into, into trades. Um, so yeah, what was the, what was the intention behind the, the YouTube channel? Was that part of it? Yeah, um, yes and no. I will be brutally honest. I've suffered with mental health a little bit. I say a yeah. little bit, quite a lot. If I'm honest, being brutally honest out there. When lockdown happened, I I struggled massively. It's quite a tough, tricky subject, isn't it? Um, but it's something even with my small platform to be very very open about it because it's such such a massive massive problem that I think I read today that um, I think farmers are they have the highest suicide rate and then second to construction workers that's shocking um so even if i can do something little and take change somebody else's life but i did it because i went from um sadly i lost my father-in-law um would have been 12 years ago to cancer uh never really dealt with it um and it's just snowballed and snowballed yeah. and then when lockdown happened i went from you know, 10 hour days, 12 hour days or whatever, um, you know, you know, got money coming in, we're okay, all the rest of it too. No, you're forced to stay at home. Um, it, it was just too much for me. And the, it, it, yeah, and I went into a very, very dark place and I thought I've got to do something. And I started watching because I'm, you know, I'm keen country. I'm a real country lad and I was watching yeah. a lot of YouTube, you know, and, things like that and and other sparkies as well on on youtube and i just thought you know what i'm going to give it a go and the first recording that i ever made I, i've never uploaded it and it was at 12 o'clock at night i went into my garage uh, on my drive just to talk into my phone um about my feelings how i was feeling at the time and it it helped it helped, even though it wasn't doing anything like that. And I showed it to my wife and I, and I sent it to my, my parents. And uh, they were obviously incredibly shocked. Uh, but equally, yeah. it, it sort of changed something in me um, to think, well, I now use it as a, as a tool to um, not let my mind be too inactive, if that makes any sense. It makes total sense, so, yeah. This is, it's like I, like I said earlier on that when my baby goes to sleep, my baby boy goes to sleep, uh, I'm back in the office and I'm doing work stuff and I'm editing what I've filmed in the day, um, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it keeps it, keeps it very, very active. But in the very, very early days, when you're getting a negative comment, because you do, let's face it, it's, it's social media. It's the nature of the some, beast, people, yeah. some people are just, 
they just need a hug. I'm just going to say it like that. They need a hug yeah. themselves. So they go out of their way to be, you know, not very kind because they think that's going to make their life better. And it doesn't. It ultimately makes them more poisoned. And I don't know why they do it, but, you know, they've got their own demons. Um, and, yeah, they, they used to really bother me, really, really bother me. And I was talking to another guy who's, who's massive on YouTube. We were chatting about this. And I, and I said, I said, for every hundred great comment that you get, it's the bad one that you remember. And it's so wrong. But I've learned now to accept it a little bit. Um, they still always creep in. Um, but yeah, that's why I do it. And, and I promote I promote so many different things. You know, I, I, like, I try and get my apprentice on it as much as possible. I show all the mistakes, all the realities, because, you know, nobody's perfect. And I think that's something I always set out with the YouTube channel is, is that it's got to be as natural as possible. Because if you wanted it as, as slick and high polished and all the rest of it you can watch normal telly like, that's not what youtube's yes. all about i don't yeah, think yeah. that's what it's about and you know i make fun of myself you know and and also i make fun of the lads and and they make fun of me because they're now recording as well and they make fun of me and you know it's good it's good and, and i enjoy it and, and that's overall and i think a lot of people get this impression that you know you you do youtube and stuff you must be making loads of money and all the rest of it and it's not true at all it's not true if you you know with with youtube it's um if you're doing thinking of starting a youtube channel to make yourself millions and all the rest of it don't bother don't do it because do it for because you enjoy it and that's it that's all you need to worry about and then the rest the rest the rest will follow yeah Yeah. well it has to be authentic otherwise and most people when they do get that sudden explosion on youtube they can't usually articulate why that happened. And it's just because for whatever reason, there was one video that happened to catch the zeitgeist or whatever it was at that moment in time. Whereas if you try and manufacture that, it's just not going to gonna resonate. It, it, People can kind of see through it and sort of realise, oh, that was manufactured. Maybe that wasn't real. You know, even some of the, yeah. I think some of the kind of jokey stuff that may have been popular four or five years ago now, even people are now getting over some of that stuff because, you know, even if it's real, some people think, oh, it's probably not real. They've manufactured that. Authenticity is really important. And, you know, on the mental health side, I think it's really brave that you did that. And you're not the, you're not the only person I've heard that from. And there's definitely a shift. Actually, interestingly, if you look at... Um, New Zealand, which has a very big farming economy, actually construction workers, um, you know, not in a good way, uh, actually surpassed uh, farmers, I think, really? that's I heard recently in terms of suicide rates, which is really, um, you know, not not great. And I think it's one of those industries that, you know, part of the reason is people just don't talk to each other or don't air those those problems. They try and keep it in, the, in themselves I- and that pressure. And, and then I think the lockdown was a sort of perfect, perfect recipe in the way you've described it to aggravate that problem that already existed. Yeah, and I think I think also is is that people we especially in construction industry, it, it used to be quite like a bit of a macho thing, isn't it? You know, blokes don't talk. Yeah. I mean, I've been yeah. asked to go on another podcast, and I said to him, "Look, I'm quite happy to talk. You know, I openly want to talk about uh, mental health and all the rest of it because it's important. Because one person might watch this and go, that's exact. I, I can't believe he said that." You know, yeah, and it changed yeah. his mindset. And and he actually said, "Oh, I'm not talking. I don't. That's one thing I don't want to talk about because it's a, uh, I'm, I'm old fashioned." And I just think, well, you can't be old fashioned about this. This is not no, that, not no. the time to be old fashioned. And if you've got any platform whatsoever, you should make it well aware that uh, you know you can reach out to people. And this is to lead on to something else that there was uh, another YouTuber that I watched one of his videos and. I noticed something in in just the way he was and I, I rang him 
I found his number out and I and I rang him. I thought, I'm not sending a stupid message. I'm not messaging through Instagram, all the rest of it, because these things are, are important. And I rang and I was on the phone to this person. I won't mention who it is, but I was on the phone to this person for two and a half hours. And it was just chatting about different things. And they said, I didn't realise that you can see these things. And and it, yeah. it does take its toll on me, but it also made me think that if something had happened, I've tried. And I think if anybody else gets in that mindset, of, is I, I tried to describe it, how long does it take to make a cup of tea? Two minutes. In that time it takes you, why don't you pick up the phone and ring someone? You know, and, that, and that's it. I know it's like, it sounds a bit like no, preaching and stuff, but it's really important. You know, it's, it's it literally, literally is saving lives. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And uh, I spoke to uh, Slade McFarland, who uh, works with a, um, an organisation called Mates in Construction, which is quite big in Australia mm -hmm. and, and down this end of the world. And he talked about, you know, how do you spot these things? And one of them was, you know, one of the, one of the team is not partaking in the team lunch which has gone very quiet and goes and sits on their own, those types of things. They're usually warning signs. And all it takes is someone to go over and spark a conversation and be like, hey, look, what's up? We'll have a yeah. chat about it. And it's uh, it makes a really big difference. And that's one of the things, I think, to your earlier example of the person you were going to be on the podcast with, that sort of generational, some, sometimes generational, not always generational, but yes. that attitude of like, keep it, you know, keep it in, keep it in here and keep quiet and just deal with it. Um, it's a classic you know, it's not, man up, isn't it? Yeah, it's not Classic really very, not very helpful, and that's why you have these kind of high suicide rates. In you know, I used to think about taxi drivers and other industries that are very similar, which are often people that are either sole traders on their own, or they're running a small business where they're often the the person that has to make the decisions and are employing people, and you know, there's a yeah. there's a build up of pressure. And then if you have these other things that these other external factors like lockdowns, that can have a really big impact. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you, you know you, you as a company you've got apprentices on board. How many? How many? How big is the team now? Yeah, um, we've got three apprentices now. Um, one is just, Lewis is just about to, funnily enough, I've got him to bring him to the college today uh, because he's going to be finished next week. As of next week, I think he's qualified uh, past his apprenticeship. So then what we will then say, you'll, we'll class Lewis as a semi-skilled, should we say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got two more. Uh, and now with Lewis passing, we've actually made the conversation today about potentially taking on one another new apprentice uh, or starting the process of that do you know what i don't understand how as a company you can't have apprentices um we've got one electrical apprentice and then there was two basically a bricklaying apprentices but yeah everybody who works for us has to do everything you'll have a specialist area which is obviously like you know your electrics uh, carpentry or whatever uh, and then what we've said to the lads is we'll try and get you to uh, specialise in one more so have you two key areas so Lewis has gone obviously doing bricklaying uh, but his secondary is almost um, he's gone for like the carpentry side of things yeah. Kian is another bricklaying apprentice but he wanted to get more involved in the plastering uh, and Jack who's my newest apprentice who's on the electrical side he because naturally I do the plumbing as well on the company um he's probably going to end up falling into that role um but he said he's quite keen to do plastering as well you know and it's it's just trying to push them um but it's hard it is hard for that transition from when they're fresh right. out of school isn't it into the real world but we we've genuinely got a really really good bunch of lads and i think we're spoiled um with them 
hopefully they don't watch this and they don't find out this but uh, but yeah it's genuine generally we feel quite spoiled with them but again you've got to treat them well you've got to yeah. treat them well yeah. and you know if you work with us you know we try and keep it as a family um you know like like lewis is just qualifying so we've said to him right here's your options his car is knackered um again here's here's me with a with a car thing um and i said look you can have a pay rise or we'll buy you a brand new van and he said i'll i'll take the brand new van thank you and so we ordered that what, eight months ago something like that ready for him to to qualify so he gets his a week after mine so i'm really excited yeah. about that as well oh that's great um, yeah, that, it, must make, that makes a huge difference, I think, in terms of uh, I've spoken to other trades companies that have talked in the same way, which is just providing a level of respect and how you treat apprentices versus, again, historically, I think some of the, um, you know, some of the cliches, but how, how apprentices were probably treated coming up through the ranks. I think that, that also sounds like it's changing quite a bit. Yeah, I hope so, because I think I, I, I do hear of horror stories and stuff and apprentices and but then equally, when we if we put a job application uh, a job application out, as you can imagine, we get a lot of applicants, and yeah. some of them we we generally try and do a lot of FaceTime interviews and things like that. And some of them, they it just oh, it just it shocks me how naff they are. And I just punctuation like we've done videos on it. It's just so important. And we did one for uh, Newcastle College. They actually asked me to do a video, and it was a like a Q and A session for their right. uh, their apprentices, and it's just like grammar. I mean, I'm dyslexic, but if I'm writing something, get someone to check it. You know, it, yeah. it's yeah. it's not not difficult. And if you so if you can't do that right, you don't. Eat, we just literally just throw them in the bin. It's it's not worth it. Right. Um, is that your first? Not, so when you go through that process, what is your what is your sort of filter process to decide when you get to sort of a shortlist? Yeah. So what we do um, is we we so we'll we put the job job out. So we've got a really really good relationship with our local college, um, and so we'll we'll speak to them. So look, we're looking for. I mean, as it stands now, I think the next apprentice will be a carpentry apprentice. So we'll go and speak to them. So look, this is what we're after. We have set sort of things that we'd ideally want no knowledge is probably better than nothing than anything to be honest because yeah. we can mold them how we want um and then so once they send us our their cvs we quite like them to be we just want them to be as real and honest as they possibly can be you know and it, what hobbies you know we want to know you know if you're if you're into football rugby fishing shooting whatever it doesn't matter it just just you know put it down um and then so then we look at the you know punctuation spelling how much effort they've gone into doing that yeah uh, and if they've got any reference from other people great you know um uh, we would if and then so once we've gone past that stage it's right okay we'll whittle that down to i don't know 10 and then we might say right okay which one do you on paper looks right here and then we'll just start doing interviews and try and get them down to three uh before we do a face-to-face -face. and personality from experience goes a long way because if you're yeah. if you think about it you're in the van with that person for eight hours a day oh, for a long five time days yeah. A week. yeah yeah and if you don't get on you it's just not going to work you know that's that's the key um and it's just that is really important and 
knowing how much effort they want to put in because we always they're always on a probation period as well so first month you'll get best behavior second month you'll get not too bad and then your third month is pretty much what you'll end up with so yeah. after that third month if you if they're still showing a little bit of signs they're put on probation again another three months um but really you can pretty much tell after that three months whether they're going to make it or not so your probation but, period for the apprentices are always three months yeah, yeah we do three yeah. months at a, at a time and then even now we do a sort of a six monthly review on all the people who, who work with us because also we want to get feedback from them to know whether there's something that we're not doing for them or they're not happy about um because at the end of the day they've got to be happy and and also stuff that we think that they need improvement on and we want them to step up their game on this this and this um and if there's any complaints between each other you know because it's it's important you know you don't want that um rotten apple do you in the in the in the troop yeah. so yeah, yeah, you know, of it's, and, it, and it's work. It works really well. It works really, really well. Um, well, we think it does anyway. Um, no, so how many? We how, many people, how many? How many people have you had to let go, if any? If any, in that sort of three-month probationary period? Um, one recent, fairly recently, um, before Christmas, um, there was multiple reasons behind it, um, but one of them was actually on a like a health and safety medical ground. Uh, we couldn't really continue it um but yeah it was awkward but we we yeah. you know we said look you know we'll try and help you move on to you know getting you another job and all the rest of it and i think the construction industry for that particular person wasn't really the right fit should i say right uh, but it was awkward Do you know what it's the most awkward thing because there's no uh, some people go oh yeah i can fire people this and the other and you can't if you're a good boss you can't it always it's always personal um you know i keep trying to say is it you're running a business not a charity you know and that's that's something that is quite tricky yeah i usually find with these things it's uh it's never a nice thing to do but it often works out better for both parties right i think you often you know identify something for that person that's probably inevitable at some point in time and it allows them to think about what it is they really should be doing or where they should work so yeah, uh, yeah and it's definitely. interesting that you you've built those relationships with the college as well i think is uh, i've not heard that yeah, I know, I know people do it, but that seems like a really smart way to get the, I guess, the pipeline of great candidates coming through. Yeah, it's really, really important. And it's supporting your local college. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, it also depends on the actual uh, lecturer as well that's, that's going through it. I mean, I've got a, a new lecturer that's come in for Jack and he, we've got a really, really good relationship now. And he he's messaging me, you know every day and if there's every time he goes if there's an issue or there's not an issue and, and it's brilliant i mean because we've got such a good relationship with our local college because of all the lockdown stuff i managed to get jack on the previous year's uh, right. apprenticeship so he was he's actually had a leg up on it because they know what level he's going to have of training it's like yeah okay we can make this work but he it mean does mean that jack's had to work really hard to stay on top and catch up with the rest yeah, so it is really important. And we, we do have, obviously, when we had to let the other person go, I rang the college first and said, look, this is a situation. This is what's happening. Where do we stand? Are we OK with this? And, you know, and I rang it through and it went up to the directors of the college, you know, and, and they com yeah, completely got the backing of us and you do what you need to do. That's great. And I think that's the, the missing link between right. uh, a lot of places that they don't interact with the college. I mean, the college want to come out and uh, 
this was just before lockdown all happened they wanted to send some of their film crew to put us on their uh, website and all the rest of it to endorse oh, okay, yeah. the apprenticeships you know and um you know we're like yeah it's great you know it's but make sure we do it while we're all all here you know because it's you know it's important yeah no i think it's great i think it's great you're doing that um and sort of the last question really uh, around your business you sounds like things are going great um, which is which is really good to hear and you're hiring more people any advice you know having set the business up and, and done what you've done any advice for anyone that's thinking about going out on their own anything you would, would have done differently yeah i I would always say to people, just be completely honest and transparent. I think if you are trying to, you know, trick people or um, get one over on somebody, don't badmouth other people as well. Because wherever you're living, you it, it will all ha always have that small community. So for me, yeah. as you know, on the electrical side of of uh, the company, should I say that that if I went round badmouthing people with shoddy work don't get me wrong i'll highlight bad work but i will never name and shame anybody because it gets round and you don't need that you know you don't know what that other guy's been doing he might have had the worst day loads of stuff going on in his life yeah stuff yeah. just might have happened and i would say just be punctual be polite to people um i think we get a, a massive massive amount of work because you know with like like obviously our software you know obviously we're using you guys um and th this is genuinely uh we get a lot of work just because of being on time all the quoting's right it's all itemized and we we're not the cheapest around i don't i don't make any bones about that we're not but people love it when they go oh i know exactly what's coming oh yeah oh you've turned up yeah because it's in my it's on my schedule here you know, I'm here. I got the wrong day. Is it my fault? And it's, and they, and they love it. And it's genuinely probably the best bit of advice that I could give to people is be punctual, turn up on time, treat people with respect, and don't even if you're working for someone who's got millions of pounds, and people who have got literally just enough to pay you, treat them the same. And I think yeah, that yeah. you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine if you do that. Yeah, it's great. It's great advice. Cool. Mike, this has been uh, fantastic. I really appreciate your openness. We always have a few uh, sort of questions we finish on, which I'm going to ask you. Quite interesting, the first yeah. one, actually, if you were going to pick another trade, and you sort of do a bit, you're not just doing one thing, really, in essence, so it's, it's slightly different. But if you were to pick another trade, what would it what would it be? Uh, I'm going to be greedy and go with two. Um, if I was doing another trade as such, I would probably go into farming um, and and probably if not farming i'd probably be a gamekeeper is what i would probably go into oh really how uh, interesting yeah 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 they're my two uh things that i would probably go into i'd love nothing more uh, to buy a farm um but uh, whether it ever happens or not i i doubt but um you've always because you're, you're up you're upbringing and you like, love the outdoors yeah i just it's my happy place being outside yeah. houses and stuff although i'm in construction i love doing that but they don't mean anything to me i i the living here is not important it's the people that are in it and just being outdoors is is the way for me yeah um, cool and just happier uh, but yeah first gamekeeper that's interesting great and then um when, when you're having lunch on site what would you what would be your go-to i guess your special lunch versus the thing you do every day if you had a, a friday uh, lunch or whatever it is yeah, we do a full pack Friday, as we call it. Um, so, funnily enough, that is actually tomorrow. 
um, we generally go out for a meal as a company. Um, so it doesn't really matter where we are. We try and all, all like meet up and have uh, yeah. have lunch. Uh, but a standard lunch for me is I've actually been smashing out a lot of just tuna and pasta at the minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know it's pretty boring. But I uh, yeah, I just oh no, I've got back on tin tuna. I've got back on tin tuna recently. It's very good for you. Yeah, whole tin of tuna and uh, and loads yeah, of yeah. pasta, and then it, it fills you up. And yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, nice. Um, tool brands. We always ask. I'm intrigued about this. Do you ever go to tool Ooh. or tool brand? Yeah, yeah, yes, and no. I'm a massive tool tart. Anyone knows me, 100% massive tool tart. I used to be an avid DeWalt fan. Yeah. But, oh, dare I say, they just don't last. And I'm sorry, DeWalt, if you are listening, uh, it just doesn't last. So I have started to branch over to Milwaukee, unfortunately. But no, it's you're been not, brilliant. The, not the last Milwaukee. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. And then things are opening up in the UK or have opened up, which is great. Um, I sort of see, you know, football and everything's happening, people are going to games. What would be your sort of go-to musical sporting event you want to get to next? Do you know what? I, I've i never really been to any um, big sporting events, things like that. I've never really been into it or, or the music side of things. But what I actually enjoy, um, which sounds this is the most boring, as other people are, God, you sad boy. But I, I've actually just started coaching my son's rugby team uh, and doing things and following my kids because they like playing rugby. And my daughter, she she does uh, trampolining. And she said, oh, there's another competition going uh, soon. Well, tra- trampolining is like now an Olympic, it's an Olympic sport. I didn't, yeah, she, she's at the first she time it. Amazing. I, yeah. th- I believe so, yeah. And she's, and do you know what? It's things like that. I look forward to that. Just, yeah. just watching my kids have fun because we work so much. It's just watching them do things. And even my baby boy who's two and a half. He's just started rugby on, so he goes on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I think we can call it rugby. Um, and it's just doing that. That's the things that I look forward to. And I'd hate for those two to disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I coach my son's football um, soccer team for the Americans. Other people listening. And uh, yeah, yeah. it can be pretty soul destroying when they lose. But uh, yeah, when they win, those, those games they do win, it's, there's nothing better. Um, yeah, I'm exactly. used to losing. I'm, I'm, I'm a QPR fan, so I'm used to the team not always oh, right. uh, coming out on top, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, anyone you think we should speak to next that you come across? Or you... Fun, funny enough, you you mentioned that. Isn't the um, isn't the the owner? The owner is it Asheville? Daniel from Asheville's. I think he's their biggest sponsor in the field QPR. Is he? Yes, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So yeah. he would be he would be a good shout, I'd say. Um, so and also uh, Matthew Thomas uh, on Instagram, very very big into uh, positive mental health as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. another another Sparky. Uh, and yeah, yeah, genuine, genuinely great guy. Um, and even when I was suffering and I wasn't really making it that that public, he personally sent me his his mobile number just to talk, and we've spoke a few times and. You know, again, those things that, that they do mean a lot. So yeah, I would I, shout on that. Yeah, this has been a really, really good conversation. I think I would leave um, you know, one part in thought. I think what you've just shared there, and I've heard it from other people, is just this this idea of um actually people you may never have come across that you've met via social media that you then speak to is a really yeah. you can build a really powerful support network for for trades companies. Um hundred percent. Which uh spotting those, spotting those signs, right, is really, really key. It is, and it's quite strange because 
these people i call it like it's like a social media family and yeah i the people who are actually creating content you know put stuff out on instagram and all the rest of it everyone that i've met and had dealings with have been fantastic and i and i would that's one thing if you take anything away from um if you do get into doing social media stuff that is the key that everyone is just so so helpful um and I, when I first started, like I was very open about it, and I said, "This is what I'm doing. I'm really struggling because of this, that, and the other." And everyone was fantastic, you know. And I think that's something that was shocked me because I wasn't expecting that. I was not definitely not expecting that. I thought there was going to be massive egos, and it's all about you know themselves and stepping on each other to get higher. And it doesn't really seem that way with me. Anyway. There's definitely no all the conversation I've had. Doesn't there's definitely not the case. There's a uh, Definite intent behind it to get people more excited about a career in the trades, but also this support network um, around mental health, which yeah. I think is a is a is a big has been identified as a big issue, is a big issue, and I think it's great to hear that there is that that support network. So if anyone's listening and you know and you're struggling, yeah. even the small stuff, uh, or you're running your own business and the stress that goes with that, I think it's really worth reaching out to everyone because uh, people are very open to talk. Uh, which is yeah, which is and really even, cool. even if you think it's trivial, that's the thing. Isn't yeah, it? even if you think it's trivial, it's not it really isn't you know if you as once it's you put it vocally out there it, it does make a difference definitely yeah. does make a difference cool well mike well, i really appreciate you spending the time thanks again it's been a great no no worries really enjoyed it and Thank, uh, yeah look forward on. to yeah no um you're welcome it's our pleasure to have you on board and uh, yeah look forward to speaking to you again in the future so for everyone else Cheers. um thanks for listening and uh, yeah as always rate comment review let us know your thoughts um it's greatly appreciated until next time cheers and that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the Tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review and be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.